Today on From the Backseat, we are going to be breaking down the end of the Bengals and Browns Week 8 matchup, along with all the other matchups of Week 8, so make sure to tune in to hear all of it. I'm Joe. Nice to meet you, brother. I love watching you grow up. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. <laughs> Fernando Tatis Jr., a grand slam. Iguodala. <laughs> it's funny to hear female talk about routes. Like. Welcome to From the Backseat, hosted by Clark and Ethan. It's funny. Hello and welcome to From the Backseat. I am back and I am your host, Ethan, and I'm joined today by Bengals fan. Oh, what up, guys? Clark here. Terrible night. Just about as bad as it gets if you're a Bengals fan, but still a lot of season to go, but we'll dive into uh, all the issues that I saw and everything that could have gone wrong that went wrong in the uh, you know good old Bengals game. Really love to see it. Yeah, so how are you just feeling in general before we talk about the Bengals? I mean... Look, that really sucked. I mean, no one wants to watch their team on Monday night come in there after winning four or five and for the last two weeks feeling on top of the world and then watch your team just get punished. But that's what the Bengals did. Obviously, it stinks a lot. Um, I will still lean on the fact that, okay, they're four and four, not where we want to be, not where they should be given the schedule that they played, but there's still a lot of season left. But tonight was just about as miserable as it could have gotten. And this is like the worst I've probably felt as a fan since 2019, I would say. Or 2020 when Joe Burrow tore his ACL. That was probably the lowest moment besides this in the last, you know, year and a half of football. Yeah, I mean, it was a rough one. So why don't we just dive into our breakdown of the Bengals versus Browns? Because clearly you have a lot to talk about. So I'll open the floor to you. How are you feeling as a Bengals fan? Yeah, I mean, I kind of, like I said, uh, it's not a great feeling. Again, for me, so many of the issues at STEM, it's the same stuff. It's the same, same stuff I feel like was just put on 10 tonight. They started slow, tip pass turnover. That happens. You know, you wipe that off. But the offense really outside of that had looked good at the start. But then when you force them to get off script and we fall behind, we look really off. Um, the offensive line could not – could not protect Joe Burrow to save their life. Jonah Williams, who we've already guaranteed money to at this point by picking up his fifth-year option, was continually getting whiplashed by whoever it was. It didn't matter who it was. It could have been Deion Jones coming over, or it could have been um, Miles Garrett, who just made him sack lunch every single time. And on the other side, Lyle Collins is not much better. Um, and then outside of the offensive line, really, play-calling standpoint, what, what a total regression from what the last three to four weeks had been. Zach Taylor had been doing the right thing, dialing up balls deep, playing more to the intermediate outside boundaries, going vertical with his offense that we had seen so much last year. And I know you lost Jamar Chase, but it's completely inexcusable to go back to this dink and dunk little offense when you have two legit wide receivers on the outside. One of them, who's in T. Higgins, who's an arguable top 10 guy in the NFL, and Tyler Boyd, who's a guy I think most people would say top 25, top 30. That's more than enough service on the outside to be able to make plays. They've done it all the time last season, this season. Why we decided to go back to 35% of our plays being beyond behind the line of scrimmage, I, I don't know. It makes no sense. I don't know what the decision-making was on reverting back to play calling. I know that you can't pass protect, but that being said, you still have to try. We cannot just have a bunch of four-yard routes. It's not going to work. Teams can just sit on that. And Zach Taylor didn't get off of that at any point all game. And it's infuriating. And it was just a lot of the same issues. And it just sucks even more because it's on Monday night. And Cleveland has just had our number as if it's eight for the eighth time in nine tries. 
I mean, it's like a nightmare when we play them. I don't know what is what is good. I don't think like Cleveland's offense is the same thing. They just run the ball on you, and it's not an offense that really scares. But that's just what they do, and it just broke us in the end because we had too many injuries on the defensive side. That caught up to us too, which sucks. But it was just an overall just fitting it's Halloween, just a nightmare kind of night. You know, it just could not have gone any worse. Yeah, I think this was worst case scenario for a Bengals fan. Oh, yeah. I don't. I mean, unless they got shut out, that could have been worse. Or if like Burrow Joe. Yeah, I think those if are. The Burrow only got ones. hurt. Then yeah, then then you have your issue. That would have been worst case. I mean, this is what I was saying last week. I was like, don't overreact to the big win against the Falcons. That's one thing I've learned about this season is unless if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, the Kansas City Chiefs, or the Buffalo Bills, there's like no takeaways from any game. It just feels like every every week just you can get beaten by a team you shouldn't beat you can get crushed by a team you probably shouldn't i've just just fe- the season just feels like you can't take any takeaways from one game and i think it boils down to i mean i said i think Bur- burrow is at an elite level right now but this game i mean he was fine i just right now josh allen and patrick mahomes and i would argue jalen hurts are just above everyone else right now I would say, I mean, I think the three of those are like obviously your MVP candidates right now. Again, yeah. from Burroughs to Inpoint, I don't have any problem with how he played. The interception was a tip ball. I mean, it's just Miles yeah. Garrett making a good play on it. I mean, what are you going to do? It's a right read on the RPO. He had nowhere to go on the running back side and try to throw it out really quick was the right move. It just got tipped. Otherwise, I mean, what are you expecting him to do when he has no time to throw the football? I mean, and, and games past, I can understand him, you know, holding on to the ball, trying to make too much happen. He takes those sacks. I didn't watch any tonight that I was like, that was on Joe. Most, I think almost every single one, I was like, Jonah Williams got whipped. Lyle Collins got absolutely brutalized. There was not much that anyone did to give Joe much time to operate. And it was really like first rate. If it's not there, I have to go to a check down because you don't have the time. Yeah. Jonah Williams just got absolutely rushed all game. He has given up eight sacks so far this season. He's guaranteed money next year too, because we already picked up that player at fifth year rookie option. That looks terrible right now. He looks so bad. The offensive I mean, line, I guess that's another thing. People, I'm sorry to interrupt, but like, yeah, I go for Mike it. Pollock, I think at this point needs to go. I mean, he's the offensive line coach of the Bengals. I know guys like him because he has like, oh, we want glass eaters up front. I'm sorry, Frank. None of your guys are glass eaters. They all get mowed over at some point or another. And that's what happened again tonight. I mean, if we invested over $100 million into this offensive line, this shouldn't be happening this often. These are talented guys along the offensive line. These are not some sort of, you know, the Akeem Adenogies last year where you give a break to. These are established pros that have all seemed to regress under your tutelage. So I think there's a real reason he has to be gone. And frankly, it's it's just a mess up front. And it continued to be. Yeah, it's it's not looking good. I mean, Jonah Williams has regressed. I, I don't feel oh, like yeah. he looked really good. Or he was the only good piece really on that offensive last line year. last year. And then this year, he's by far their worst piece right now. I would say, yeah. I, would, I mean, tonight was a disaster. It was disaster. And it wasn't just – he got bullied by Miles Garrett on a couple of plays. It was anyone. He was getting bullied by everyone, and it wasn't the same way. It wasn't like he was getting beat by speed every time. It was – no, sometimes they just took the inside move and just crushed him, or they went on the outside and bended around him. Yeah, anyway, I think, in any way, people were beating him. One of the worst ones, at least in my mind, was I think it was the Garrett. I don't know if it was a strip sack. It might have been a one where they had like a third and three. Are you like talking about the spin? 
Yeah, the spin. I'm like, why you don't have out? You have a chip. You have the outside cover. You can't get beat on a spin move in the inside. That can't happen there. That's your Especially only spot where you're left vulnerable. He took such a big step out, and he left such a massive hole. I know, and I'm like, look, they put Samaj P out there, our best blocking back to chip. If he does go out there, you can't let that happen. I mean, it, it was just like every time it felt like the Bengals might have had like a chance in the first half of the game momentum, the Browns would just like peel off a sack, and I was like, great. You know, what are or, you supposed to do? The other thing, Joe Mixon is such a bad blocker. No, oh my God. The strip sack, that was on him. That was like, he He's ripped. so bad. He's a terrible blocker. And it's, this is like, for, for if he was a first year guy, be like, okay, he can grow into it. No, Joe Mixon's a terrible blocker at this point in his career. And he, he gets paid a lot of money. That's the other thing. Like, he's a running back on a $12 million no, exactly. contract. He's a running back who I think is a, he's a very good back. I mean, until this year, he's played really poorly. Um, but when they, they bring him off the field off third down every single time because they know he can't pick up the blitz. And there's a real argument in my mind to be like, okay, I know you paid Mixon this much money, but the reality of the situation is I think Samaj P. Ryan runs the ball better and he blocks better. He's probably not as flashy, but he does everything more efficiently. Yeah, I mean, I think they need to go more at least to split carries. I think the one thing the Bengals are really – lacking out of the backfield is I like P Ryan's fine, but they really need like a pass catching back who can make more yak. They have they, him. They just don't use him. They have Chris Evans. Yeah, I guess that's true. I just feel like whenever I watch their offense, they dink and dunk it so much. And I'm like, well, none of these guys are really going to. Well, Mixon should do be. It Mixon's a guy who yeah. years past has made plays. Like Mixon's a good receiving back. He's just not making anyone miss this year. They're all just like, no. okay, first guy who gets him, that's it. I mean, they should use Chris Evans more. If you saw like, the, one of the longer plays we hit Chris Evans beats a corner. He can make plays yeah. in the passing game. They just don't use them. No. Well, let's talk about the offense without Jamar chase. Do you, do you think the loss of Jamar chase is a bigger deal? Like, what do you think about all these people that are like, Oh, it just exposed burrow as a chase merchant. What, what is your response to that? I think it's a silly claim. I mean, again, if you watch the game tonight, I don't think play calling wise, it went back to the, it went back to the team that we saw the first three weeks, which was not like there was no route combinations where they really attempted to stretch the field that often. It was very short intermediate passing game. Make no mistake about it. Losing Jamar chase is a massive loss. I don't care what offense he would be in. Hardly. He is one of the best wide receivers in the league. He's a top five guy. He's Joe Burrow's favorite target. He's not there. That certainly hurts. I think it hurt the game plan tonight. However, Again, as I said earlier, you have T. Higgins, you have Tyler Boyd. I think the concern for the Bengals wide receiving core is that they don't have a good fourth option. And that's showing right now depth-wise. Like Mike Thomas being your number four doesn't really work. He's not a particularly good wide receiver. Trenton Irwin, not really loving that. Trent Taylor, I don't love that either. So I guess Hurst becomes your number three guy, but He's a tight end. I mean, he's nice, but he's not someone who's going to win a ton of matchups. And he's really only a guy that's supposed to be there for seven to 10 yard routes. And he's playing hurt. So I think more of my concern is, is that, again, it, like Chase is really, really good. And clearly there's a connection with them. But the Bengals still have too many weapons for this offense to, for some reason, feel like it minimizes when he's gone. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, a as we talk about it, I just, I don't want to say that the offense looks. Like they stall without Jamar Chase. I don't know even if they have Jamar Chase, if this outcome is that much different. I bet you it's, I mean, there's probably a, a difference. I would say certainly anytime you add Chase into the equation, the, yeah. the game probably goes a little bit differently. 
because I think they would have called the game way differently. Again, I think this this play calling was completely changed because you miss him. Like, I mean, I, I don't know why. To me, it looked so black and white from like weeks three on to where we were tonight. It felt like weeks one and two. It was like there's no, there just wasn't anything. There's no rhythm. There's no, no rhythm. Which I don't get. I'm just like, and I, again, I don't think like tonight was not on Burrow. I, I don't know what, like for T Higgins, for example, I saw way too many slants with T Higgins. I saw way too many. He's a 6'4 athletic freak. Get him on vertical. Get him on shoulder routes. Why are we running so many slants and curls? He's so much more than that. Yeah, my thing is, I, I think it's the same thing that the Chargers run into the issue of Mike Williams where they try to like act like he's a yak receiver for some reason and they're like, oh, he's big bodied so like he'll drag people across the field and it's like, no, don't do not do that. Like that's not how you should be using these receivers. Like, like I, I said- I think T Higgins is better than Mike Williams. Again, I've said this over and over again, but again, they're the same kind of receiver. You should not be trying to like, let's get them in yak situations to see if they can pick up yard. No, that's not, that's not what you should be doing. Yeah. I'm fine with the Higgins like slant route. If you have, you know, off coverage and you just want a couple yards, but again, it felt like every time they used him was a slant, a hook. I'm like, okay, he can beat corners with his feet, send him over the middle. He can run a post. You can send him on a fly back shoulder. He has that chemistry with Joe. The question isn't about that there. I mean, I'm like, why so many short dink and dunk? He's better than that. He's more than that. Well, my thing was also Cleveland was down corners too. I mean, the Bengals went down corners, but Cleveland was down corners too. And they didn't test him at all until it was garbage time and pretty much over. Yeah, until Joe decided, well, I'm just going to throw this one up to one-on-one. And of course, oh, look, your basketball size wide receiver made a play. Who would have thought? Yeah, I, mean, I, I was just like, what? what are we doing here? What is the play? What are we thinking? No, and it made no sense. It, it was again. I, I like Joe. Certainly, could he have played better? Yeah, sure. He looked pretty, just like all right. Like I think he had like a hundred quarterback rating. Whatever that is, what it is. He didn't blow me away. He just played a meh game. Two touchdowns, one pick. Um, I, it was just like there was nothing there. It just seemed like everything was out of whack. It felt like the first. Like I said, it felt like the first two games. Well, let's talk about one more storyline because you reminded me of. We criticized Brandon Staley for keeping in Justin Herbert in a blowout. What was your opinion of Zach Taylor? That was so stupid. Look, okay. I honestly, what they should have done, at least in my mind, I get like the game was not achievable at any point in the fourth quarter. The game was not achievable. They should have scored the touchdown. You have a good feeling for the offense, maybe of some semblance of like, hey, we can still score points, take them off the field, let Brandon Allen and whatever finish out the game. If Joe Burrow would have been hurt on that sack play, which he got hit by two guys, by the way, on a screen pass. They couldn't even chip enough on a screen pass. And if he would have gotten hurt in that game, I would have asked for Zach Taylor to immediately be fired. There would not even been a question. That would have been the worst decision ever. There's no reason he should have been in that game. T. Higgins shouldn't have been in that game. Tyler Boyd shouldn't have been in that game. You saw how many players go out of that game and you decided to trot your starters back out where there was six minutes when the game was already a three-score game at that point. No reason that should have happened. That was stupid. That was asking for something dumb to happen again on a night that early had been a nightmare and something stupid like that could happen again. Well, and I just don't really understand. I know they always say like, Oh, I want to be out there with my teammates. I want to gain like momentum. Like how much momentum are you really gaining by like scoring a touchdown when you go down by like three scores? Like what does that really gain for you? They're professionals. I don't think they take moral victories of like, Oh, we beat a team in garbage time when they had probably 
just been playing prevent the entire time just so they don't score immediately. Like right. it, it was all, I mean, well, everything, everything so, was a disaster for sure. But let's transition over to the other side. Let's talk about the Cleveland Browns. Cause I think there are some storylines there and one that I feel pretty confident saying you ready to say Nick Chubb's the best running back in the league. No, no. Who do you think it is right now? Yeah. Plays up in the Pacific Northwest. Actually, sorry, he plays in New York. My bad. I think New York. He plays oh, York. I thought you were saying Kenneth. I thought you were about to say Kenneth Walker, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> no, Saquon. I'm sorry, Saquon. Saquon. I think is back right now. Saquon is playing really well. Can I explain I, why? Can I explain yeah, why? sure. Go for it. It's because Saquon does both casting the ball and running the ball at elite level. Yeah, there are things he simply does with the ball in his hands. That I don't think Nick Chubb can. Yeah, I, I think the one thing of where I put Chubb above Saquon right now is. Chubb's had more consistency with it. Saquon has been in and out of the lineup. He's been injured the last couple of years. Whereas Chubb now, five, first five years of his career, never had less than eight touchdowns in a season. It's pretty crazy. No, Chubb's great. I think Chubb's top two, top three at this point, I would say for sure. I mean, yeah. I, I will say, although I, I think in about a year and a half time, we're going to have a discussion about Kenneth Walker being the best, So. Kenneth Walker looks really good. Kenneth Walker looks insane. But I I will say people that are like, oh, Kenneth Walker is obviously the best rookie running back. I don't I thought Brees Hall looked really good too. Kenneth I, Walker, I think, looks better than Brees Hall does. I don't know. I thought Brees Hall looked really, really good. Sadly, Brees is hurt. Brees is hurt now, but Brees looked really good. Another player who's basically a rookie that I think looks really good is Travis Etienne. Travis is great. Oh, you know, as a fantasy manager, you love to see when you bet on Travis Etienne and he finally comes around. He looks really good. He looks great. He looks great. The problem is Jacksonville's offense still doesn't look good. So, No, their, their offense is bad. Oh, and here's another random thing. And this just made me laugh. At the end of the game, some Jaguars reporter was like, oh, the Jags should make a call to T. Higgins. I'm like, why do people keep thinking that we're just going to trade T. Higgins for some reason? Why well, do you I think that? I just think people don't understand value. They're like, well, the Bengals have a bunch of assets. They probably want to trade it. It's because people think that the Bengals aren't going to pay him, which they're going to pay both. Wrong. I think it's, I think it's wrong for sure at this point. They're going to pay both. Yeah. I think they're They're going to let other guys walk. I think what you'll end up seeing with the Bengals is that they'll let other players walk, but I guarantee you they're going to do their best to keep together Chase, Burrow, and Higgins. See, the reason that signaled to me that they're going to do that is by not signing Jesse Bates. To me, they're basically I would agree. looking they ahead. Group, which, by the way, looks smart at this point. Yeah, Jesse Bates doesn't look. Jesse Bates great. does not look good. It looks. I would be more interested in re-signing Von Bell for less and letting him and Dax Hill play. Yeah. Um. What other things you want to talk about with Cleveland? I mean, they look like. I mean, look. I think. I think Cleveland. Look, this is a, this is a big win for them. This kind of this this saved their life. I think for the season wise. I think this by winning this game. This resuscitated a chance they have the ability to go ahead and do something. Will they probably do it? Uh, no, because they don't get to play Cincinnati every week because they clearly have their number on. Yeah. Um, I think this is a different, a, definitely a, a good team. I like a lot of the pieces that they have. But I think ultimately, I don't see Cleveland making it a ton of noise. Really good night for them overall. They did everything perfectly. This is a super talented team. I think it just comes out of the fact that they're going to get Watson back too late. I also think one thing I want to throw out there is a lot of people are praising Amari Cooper, which played well, but once Awuzie went out of the game. Awuzie, you had Trey Flowers on him. Yeah, it's a completely different game. I Trey mean, Flowers is like our number five corner. He only covers tight ends, really. 
And people were like, oh, he cooked. I'm like, yeah, you, you probably should cook Trey Flowers. I'm yeah, it's it's not that hard. He's number um, five on the depth chart. Uh, so Drew, oh, I'm guessing this is actually probably Cody. Uh, Cody from Drew Code is asking us, trade deadline is tomorrow. What's the big name player you think gets dealt? I mean, it seems like Bradley Chubb. That's who. I still think Kareem Hunt's on that list too. I think Kareem Hunt probably goes. Yeah. Where, where do you think Kareem Hunt goes? The Rams. Really? I think Kareem Hunt's going to be a Ram, yeah. I'm kind of thinking a Bill. I think I the think Bills are, again, the Bills just tested a second rounder. I think Singletary looks fine. I don't think there's really any need for them to go out there and get someone right now. Yeah. Who do you Wait, think gets you, Chubb? Know, you look at the Bills. What, what? I don't see any reason to change anything the Bills are doing right now. No, I mean, you could always add another piece just as insurance. Like, I would maybe think about adding a corner, maybe. I think maybe the bigger, I'm trying to think. The biggest name I feel like they could go somewhere would be a wide receiver. I just don't know which one it'll be. I think Tomorrow. the most likely, I think my dark horse one for it to happen would be DJ Moore to Green Bay. DJ Moore to Green Bay. I don't think the Panthers trade DJ Moore, to be quite honest. They might not. I don't think they, they're going to. I mean, they they could still conceivably win the NFC South for some reason. And obviously, P.J. Walker and D.J. Moore have some kind of connection. Oh, they're playing I, would, I would definitely agree. I 100% agree. Unless if the Panthers are completely out of where they're like, yeah, the season's done, book it. But I don't know if you could say book it right now with the way they just played Atlanta and the way how – close this, that division is and how bad it is i posed this question to you earlier is andy dalton gonna win the nfc south for the saints no actually no, no i don't think so i, I think, think the I, saints, I think the saints of all those teams look the best right now to me i think it's gonna end up being atlanta atlanta's not gonna win the division i kind of think it's going to because they're gonna get back cordero patterson here in a minute ag12 is gonna come back at some point the problem is i think I mean, I still think Tampa Bay, actually, to be honest, I, feel, I still think Tampa Bay is going to end up winning it. I mean, yeah, they're going to figure it out. But so it might be but, under 500. I think my word, I think it'd be classic if this happened. Because so many people are on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers right now. Is that they win that division and they end up being, you know, they somehow draw like the third seed. And yeah. then they play some crappy, you know, crappy, whatever it is, wild card team. They beat them and then they somehow go in. And they play like like Jimmy G led 49ers and they upset them. And then somehow we're going to be back in the same situation where Tom Brady finds himself in the NFC Championship game. Oh, yeah. We're all left wondering, how did this happen? It's pre-written. It feels like that. I don't know why, unless Andy Dalton stops him. Unless Andy Dalton stops him. What if he did? What a scene that would be. Well, speaking of Andy Dalton, I mean, you're you're praising Andy, but the Raiders? The Raiders are terrible. The Raiders are a joke. Oh, I mean, this is, you know, I hate to beat the drum, but I told everyone preseason this team was, I think we both did. I didn't think this team was going to be good because I simply thought Josh McDaniel was incapable of being a good head coach. And lo and behold, Josh McDaniel, for his life, cannot coach a football team. Well, we also were really low on Derek Carr. That's another thing, too. And Derek Carr hasn't done anything. Absolutely nothing. Derek Carr has been down the toilet. Devontae Adams, one catch for three yards. One catch for three yards. They gave him up. I mean, my goodness. You have yeah, and to be the, And me. the worst part is when you think about the Raiders, right? 
Josh Jacobs is playing like a top five running back. Like, they didn't even cross the midfield point of the Saints until the fourth quarter in that game. Two minutes left in the game. Two minutes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And this is not I've, a situation I see getting better because if you watch Derek Carr in those games, I don't think the offensive line is that big of an issue. He had time on sacks that he took. I mean, gracious. Gracious, gracious, gracious. I mean, the Raiders. And so this is one thing that I kind of touched on when we were talking about the AFC West. I mean, I thought they were going to be really good. I'm not going to try to like take a victory lap and been like, but I said, Hey, one wild card that people aren't considering with the AFC West is the coaching is a lot of people just assume because they were adding in all of this personnel Mm -hmm. that these teams would be good. But again, we were both a little worried about Nathaniel Hackett in Denver. Oh yeah. We oh, said in preseason. Yeah. I mean, we still picked him to have a winning record, but well, I, mean, I agree. We we still were like, hey, this this might not work here. I think we just both saw the talent of those two teams and we're like, yeah, this is gonna carry them and beat up some of these NFC teams and some of these lower level AFC, and they're gonna win like nine games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we realized just how bad the coaching would actually be because. I think you could honestly make the argument Josh McDaniels, Nathaniel Hackett, and Brandon Staley are all bottom 10 coaches right now, if not bottom five coaches right now. Yeah. I mean, besides for Cliff Kingsbury, I mean, Matt rules out of the league and Steve Wilkes looks better than both all of those guys. Steve Wilkes has somehow gotten the Panthers roster to like actually play games. I mean, here's the thing about, I mean, I'm not going to, again, the Bengals look shit when we play the Panthers next week. So I don't want to put any dumb energy out there and have it come bite me in the ass. But the Panthers haven't won a game outside of the division, if I'm not mistaken. No, they haven't. I mean, their two wins are against Tampa and um, New Orleans. They have three wins. They have Tampa, Atlanta. No, they they have two wins. That would have been their third, which would have moved. Oh, that's right. They lost. They did. Yeah, they're still because they had the tiebreaker. Don't take them lightly, Bengals. I swear to Christ, Zach Taylor. But uh, yeah, I mean, no, Hackett, Staley, and. I mean, McDaniel. Oh, McDaniel looks the worst. McDaniel to me is the one that's the worst. Actually, nah, Hackett's the worst. Hackett's the Hackett's worst. worst. McDaniel's the second worst. But again, I feel more pride. Like I called the McDaniel thing. I knew he was a fraud. Because to tell you the truth, we can talk about Hackett. Hackett should have lost that Jacksonville game oh, if yeah. Trevor Lawrence just didn't just absolutely like shoot himself in the foot over and over yep. again. Oh, yeah. I don't even know. Oh, yeah. I mean, first through first throw on his two minute drill just throws an out route, like way inside right to I the know. corner. I know. Remember when that guy was in, entering the top 10 conversation? Yeah. We said that after week three, they've lost Weird. five straight since that blowout of the chargers. I know it's a tough scene. It's a tough scene. We also know, said they were going to win the AFC South. I mean, they certainly looked like it. I, I mean, who do I don't even remember who I said was going to win the South. I think I still said Tennessee preseason. No, we both said the Colts. Sam Ellinger looked okay for the Colts. They should yeah. not have lost that game. I mean, he looks okay, but... Looks better on. than Matt Ryan did. I mean, yes, but a walking shoe looks better than Matt Ryan did. It's true. Matt, Matt Ryan sadly needed to be taken out behind the barn, so... I mean, and he was. He literally was. He quite literally was, so I guess he is buried behind the barn now. And the, there's all these reports saying that Frank Reich's, like... His job is in in danger. I don't see any way that his job isn't in danger. I mean, well, I guess the only way that I, I guess it would be is because 
I mean, Jim Ursay made the call on Matt Ryan. He did? Yes. That's what's been reported is that Ursay is the one who pulled the plug on Matt Ryan. It's like we're done here? Yes. Like this was not Frank Reich's decision. Interesting. That's the reports that I had read because I guess there was also a financial part of it where if Matt Ryan played a certain number of stats, some part of his contract in sevens become guaranteed. Hmm. So they're just like, yeah, let's they're just benching him because they probably think his play isn't that well and it's justified. But at the same time, they're probably trying to save a good amount of cash. I mean, that makes sense, but I mean, they just traded a third round pick for the guy. Yeah, Ursay doesn't care about picks. You remember when he traded for Trent Richardson? Okay. Yeah. He has no clue what he's doing. Speaking of picks, what do you think of that uh, Roquan Smith deal today? Let's talk about some of the, the trades. Uh, I will say this. I thought the Bears, that's a home run for the Bears. I and mean, this is exactly Absolute what the Bears should be run. doing. This is what the Bears should be doing. I think, again, I, uh, when I posted TikTok about it, this is what if you're, if you're a Chicago Bears fan, you should be happy about what directionally the Bears are trying to do. They're trading away guys like Robert Quinn. Guys like Roquan Smith, who were not going to re-sign with the team, were only going to eat up cap. You cleared them off your books. You acquired draft capital for them. You now have $100 million worth this money to spend this next offseason, and you have multiple seconds, multiple fifths. You have a first still. You're set up very well to help revamp this team and help Justin Fields, who looks kind of pretty good these last couple weeks. Definitely something to build around. I think for the Bears – Home run for the Ravens. I'm more confused on it. Yeah, because this is a trade. I think you make if you think like, oh, we're one player away. I don't think the Ravens are one off ball linebacker away from a Super Bowl. I like the Ravens. I think the Ravens are a very good team. I don't think Roquan Smith pushes the needle one way or the other. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so either. I, I don't think it really changes anything. Like, yes, you added a good player, but. To me, their issue wasn't their front seven. And I know a lot Back of people are, secondary. It was to me, it was the secondary. And people keep saying, oh, they have Marlon Humphreys and Marcus Peters. Uh, that thing was Swiss cheese. I don't yeah. care. I don't care what you say. Every team was beating them deep. All mm-hmm. they wanted. Anyone who goes up against the Ravens was just beating those guys deep. Marlon Humphreys, put any good receiver on him, and he's getting cooked. Yeah, I mean, again, Marlon Humphrey has not necessarily been the same since Jamar dropped like 221 against him in week seven, I think, the last season. Yeah. So it's been kind of there. Also, realistically, too, they've traded this much for Roquan Smith. They are going to want to extend him. That's money that should be used to extend Lamar Jackson. Well, I did see the argument of like, well, if Roquan leaves, they're going to get a third round pick compensatory pick. And I'm like, that's a yeah, dumb but- argument. Then why would you even do that? Well, and I'm like, and they're like, so it's not that big of a deal if they have a late second. You're only moving back around. I'm like, a second round pick, like pick, it's still a ton of value. Is much different from pick like 88. Yeah, like I mean, there's a-, a ton of value to just move back probably 40 spots in the draft, plus your fifth round pick, and the comp pick you don't get till the year after. So they're still out the picks this year. I agree. I, do, I don't understand. I did not understand it from the Ravens standpoint whatsoever, truthfully. I really didn't get it. Again, I, mean, I like Roquan Smith as a player, but it didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, to me, it, it, I just don't get it. Again, if I were the Ravens, I would be trying to buy whatever receiver I could get. Exactly. It should have been a receiver or it should have been some sort of skill position. It had to have been a receiver. Right? 
I mean, you're in for trouble if your leading receiver is Isaiah Likely and Mark Andrews week in and week out. It's just not going to play. It's not going to play. It's not going to play. You come up against a good team and they're going to stop that. It's just die ball. Oh, oh, it's bad. I just don't get it. I really don't. The, the Ravens are weapon wise is not good. And they didn't, no. they had the opportunity to help. You could have spent a second round pick or in a fifth on some other receiver that would have helped the cause more than yeah. Roquan Smith will probably help your team. I mean, you could have went and gotten Braden Cooks. Yeah, they could have done that. They really could have. That would have been. I think that would have been better. Absolutely. I think that would have been a great move for them. But instead, they decided to go get an off-ball linebacker, and then they're going to have to pay him twenty million dollars, which is probably an overpay for a linebacker in the modern NFL. People talk about he leads the league in tackles. Uh, Same as Denzel Perriman, multiple years in the league. Denzel Perriman is not a good player. The mark of a great linebacker. I mean, it's just, again, if a linebacker is leading in tackles, that probably means that your runners are getting to the second level a lot. And he's probably like making tackles like five yards deep. Exactly. I mean, I mean I'm not saying Rokon Swith is a bad player and that's happening to him. I just feel like, I, I just don't get it. I, and it's a ton of value for it. I don't think he's worth that. Well, no, here's the thing. Like, like let's see, for me, this is the only thing that Roquan Smith does for the Ravens. Yes, he's a good player. Okay, now as a Ravens fan, you never have to see Patrick Queen in coverage again because that's he was horrible. Patrick Queen's gotten better because you never have to see him cover. Oh, you want to hear a funny fact? Go for it. According to PFF, charting coverage, Roquan Smith is a worse coverage linebacker than Patrick Queen. He's better, though. PFF's a joke. I agree, but I thought that was kind of funny because I was like, oh. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. I just... I don't know, Patrick, like, it, it doesn't do that much for the Ravens. It's just like, okay, he's a really good player, but it wasn't a needed position, and it didn't push the needle for anything. No, and again, if they needed help, they needed it in the secondary because they keep on blowing big leads because of big plays down the field. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Again, I mean, they played the Browns and didn't – we're not that bad against the run. I don't know. I – Again, it doesn't change that much to me. No. What about uh, – let's talk about the Eagles getting uh, – what's his face? The other guy from the Bears. Uh, oh, Robert Quinn? Gonna... Yeah, what do you think about the Eagles getting Robert Eagles, Quinn? Eagles, it's just the rich getting richer. It's really smart. I mean, I think they have probably the second-best defensive line rotation in the NFL. It might be the deepest. Um, I would still say Dallas is the best. Yeah. But the Eagles, it's a simple fact. Like, if you want – Pittsburgh, they're not – Pittsburgh's not a great offensive line by any stretch of the mean, but they have their way all day. I mean, yeah, now if you look know. at it, the biggest thing with pass rushers is just making sure that they're fresh. They have a slew of whom to choose for. If it's not Hassan Reddick, if it's not Fletcher Cox, okay, well, it's Robert Quinn coming in. I mean, good God. Also, I'm not going to lie. Robert Quinn for a fourth seems like really good value for me. Oh, again, I agree. He's a highly productive player. You can plug and play him only for a fourth. Whereas we're talking about Bradley Chubb, and they say the deal is almost done now. They say multiple teams have offered first for him, which is insane to me because Bradley Chubb is probably the third best edge rusher on his own team. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I get that he's on a rookie contract right now, but I'm not going to lie. If I were making a championship window, I'd rather have Robert Quinn right now than Bradley Chubb. I totally, totally agree. Totally agree. Bradley Chubb would definitely be the option I'd rather have. But if I were Denver, I don't know if they can afford to sell rookie contracts, to be quite honest. I know they yeah, got a good game, but that 
Russell, they have to be in win now. They have to be in win now because they signed Russell Wilson for all this time. They're not getting that money back and they traded away all these picks. I don't think they can really sell at, like it's not like the Bears where they can kind of sit on it because Justin Fields is on his rookie contract. They have all this money coming up and they can just totally retool and do whatever they want. I don't think Denver has the the stuff to do that. They've signed Cortland Sutton doing a huge extension who looks bad. They're going to have yeah. to pay Patrick Sertain an absolute bag. Yeah, they, they get pay, some time on that, though. They have time on Yeah, that. they have time. I mean, they've paid Justin Simmons. I mean, I guess if they're not going to trade – or if they're not going to pay Bradley Chubb, you might as well trade him. But I don't, I don't know. I guess if you can get a first, you do it. If you can get a first. If you can do a first, yeah, trade Bradley Chubb. I mean, obviously. Go for it. I can't imagine any team really doing that, though. I mean – they were talking about the Jets doing that, but the Jets have much bigger issues than a non-dresser. Jets have a bad quarterback. Yeah, Zach Wilson is just straight up bad. Yeah, I mean, I think Zach Wilson doesn't look like he has a lot of strength right now. No. I, I don't don't really know what the Jets do because they have a good team. They don't have to concern – again, like I said last week, they don't have to concern themselves with winning. But you would like to win if you were them, I'm sure. Like last week, I'll be honest, that was a huge disappointment, I'm sure, for Jets fans. That was the opportunity to finally beat Brady, I mean, beat Belichick and the Patriots. And they had every opportunity to. And Zach Wilson kind of threw it away, literally. Yeah. I mean, it was bad. I don't, I mean, I think realistically, because here's the thing, it's going to be tough, too, for the Jets, is that I I don't see the Jets going like, winless down the stretch i'm sure they'll probably win seven eight games that probably means they're in the what 15 to 20 range of picks i don't see a quarterback at the moment there that you would want to take um well my thought is where they're sitting right now their defense is really impressive but they probably play in the toughest maybe outside of the nfc east they probably play in the toughest division in football right now mm -hmm. with the bills the patriots and the dolphins so they have to run a gauntlet right now. And I yeah, just don't I think, think you can rely on I, I don't think you can rely on Zach Wilson to win you those games. Because the thing about where you can look positively, like at the Giants, like where you feel like good is like, well, Saquon can always lead their offense. If Daniel Jones isn't playing well, just hand it off to Saquon, he's gonna make people miss. Yeah. The issue is the Jets don't have Brees Hall anymore. So they don't really have I mean, I guess you're like James Robinson, Michael Carter. But you're not feeling very confident in that. No, I don't think it's just like, <clears throat> like I like Garrett Wilson, but Garrett Wilson has to have someone throw the football to him. Yeah, I like Michael. Like you said, Michael Carter's solid, but he's not Brees Hall. Conklin and the comical thing to me now, CJ Uzama, who they signed, I have not seen yeah. him on the field hardly at all. Yeah, I don't. that was a terrible sign. Um. But really, otherwise, I mean, Elijah Moore is probably going to be gone. Elijah Moore, who quits on every route and questions why he doesn't get the ball ever. Um, yeah. Out the, by the way, out the window on a, the Chargers ever trading for a guy like that. That's like the anti-Chargers kind of player. Yeah, which is a lot. I mean, he is the anti-Charger guy. I mean, I think the Chargers, I don't know. Wide receiver, I think a guy like DJ Moore would do him great. And I really think they should probably give up something for him. But they The issue is with DJ Moore is we can't take on the contract is you can't pay three wide receivers $20 million because he's guaranteed too much money at this point. I would love DJ Moore. I think if they were to make a move, they'd have to make somebody for like Jerry Judy. Who did the Chargers play this week? 
We play Atlanta. We should probably win. Should win that game. We probably should. But I've said that about almost every game this year besides for Kansas City. And we are currently four and three and have been blown out by the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are two and five. And Seattle, who I will give credit to. Uh, Seattle just beat the Giants, so I think Seattle's legit. I don't think Seattle's not a real team. I no, I think they're good. I think they're legitimate. Kenneth Walker looks really good. That offensive line, I think, is in contention for one of the best in the league, which is crazy to say. Oh yeah, I mean, again, we've talked. The Seahawks, Gino, Gino's playing really well. DK yeah, Tyler. The only issue is their defense, but their defense has shown up enough. I just think once they start playing elite defenses, they're going to kind of get shredded. Because the reality is how many elite, like we keep talking, like, how many elite, elite things are there in the NFL at this point this year? Elite offenses? Elite overall, just elite defenses. I think there are five elite offenses in the league right now. The Bills, Chiefs, and Eagles, I think all have elite offenses. Mm-hmm. I think the Vikings have an elite offense right now. I think they're playing extremely well. If they're um, playing at the 1 p.m. slot, sure. Yeah, that's true. If they're playing in prime playing time. Playing at the 1 o'clock slot. Kirk Cousins, deadly. Yeah, if they're playing in prime time, forget about it. Um, I I honestly think, I mean, I know I know Jimmy G is kind of holding him back, but I think the way the 49ers are playing offense right now. Yeah, I'll tell you what. 49ers fans, enjoy that run to the NFC Championship game. Enjoy yeah. that run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jimmy G is going to get asked to do something that he can't do. And Christian McCaffrey looks like a great fit in that offense, though. CMC has done CMC has done a lot. I'll actually, I, I kind of undersold how much I thought he would be. He does push the needle again. It's just Jimmy, Jimmy G, though. It's if yeah. you think this offense is fun with Jimmy Garoppolo, just imagine what it could have been with Trey Lance. Agreed. 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 And I was banging the the Trey Lance drum for a while. I mean, we both were of like, I, hey. I wanted Trey Lance to get a shot so bad. Uh, well, and people so overreacted to that that loss in Chicago. And I kept being like, yo, this is week one. He's a second year quarterback who took a red shirt gear and they played in maybe the worst conditions I'd seen outside of snow. I know. It's ridiculous. I don't know. Like the 49ers, yeah. they're only four and four to the 49ers, aren't they? Yeah. Like they've lost dumb games too. Every team's losing dumb games, besides for the Bills and the Chiefs. Chiefs and the Eagles, who are undefeated. They haven't lost a game. Yeah, but every other team is losing every dumb games. Every other game. team, it's just like you could lose a dumb game, which is kind of I fun. I mean, people, are, people, like- are starting, people are starting to put Baltimore in that elite category, and I'm like, man, they've dropped dumb games too. Like, here's the thing. Like, I guess, I don't know. Like, again, to go back to the Bills, it sucks tonight. It really does. But the reality of the situation is it's still wide open. Well, see, that's what that's what I was trying to tell you last week of and I'll say it again this week of like this is where I feel like it's a lot of the chargers of these teams have so many issues, but every team in the league has issues right now. Mm -hmm. Besides for those three teams, there's like no perfect team right now. Mm -hmm. And so at some point, I think these elite quarterbacks and I'm going to call both Herbert and Burrow elite talents. Yeah, they'll rise above. At some point, they're going to figure it out. At some point, I think this year that every defense has transferred to the cover two shell, the Vic Bangio look. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's just taking the league by storm. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are just playing at an incredible level. And for, to me, those two are the top two. Whichever one you want to bait is number one and number two, whatever. I think you can make an argument for either. I think all the people that are like, oh, it's clear Mahomes is number one or it's clear Josh Allen. No, they're they're about equal right now. Yeah, We're both playing really well. And then there's this next step down of 
these quarterbacks who have been really inconsistent, but you know the talent's there. And I want to say this to all Dolphins fans. Stop trying to throw Tua in that conversation. Tua has played two Tua has played two good games in his career so far. He has played two good games, and you guys are crowning him like he has the same amount of workload as Burrow and Herbert. No, he has played well. I'm not trying to deny that, but he's not there yet. Yes, he's shown flashes, but Burrow and Herbert both put up MVP-type seasons last year. Tua hasn't done that yet. I will also say, like, people, I mean, again, I was really happy with how Burrow played against Atlanta. I'm sure it's comfortable how Dolphins fans felt against the Lions. But the Lions really stink. The Lions' secondary is awful. Do you know they what the, the pa- they fired their corners coach today? Do you know what their uh, their passer rating against them is so far this year? Like one fourteen, one twenty nine. I can believe it. They don't stop anything. Can you can you believe that? Eight weeks into the season, they have given up a passer rating of one twenty nine. I agree. It's like it's bizarre. It's really bizarre. Which I don't get because Jeff Akuda has played pretty well so far. Aiden Hutchinson started to look better. I don't. I don't get it. I'm, I'm so I'm are- I'm starting to say, and I know you like him, but I think Dan Campbell has to be on the hot seat. He is, but is it really his fault? One in six. What is he supposed to do with his defense? It doesn't do anything. Well, but his offense—that's the thing of like his defense is so bad, but his offense is so good. How can they not just get one more stop? How can they not just get one more piece? I know, I know. I, w- I was thinking at some point during the season that the Lions' really close losses would start to flip to wins. Yeah. But instead, they're staying really close losses. Like, what is it? They, it was like they have one point, one possession losses. I think the Eagles, the Vikings, the Dolphins. That's three really good teams. And they can't I mean, close the door. Well, let's talk about the other NFC North team. We got to talk about Green Bay. I mean, he dropped four in a row, three and five. They play Detroit next week, which is why I thought about it. Uh, what do you, you picked them as as your Super Bowl team? I, I mean, what? How are you feeling? Contrary to my AFC team, which I feel great about right now, which was Buffalo. Yeah. I feel great about Buffalo. Um, the game against Buffalo was really ugly but i still think there's things to take away if you're a green bay fan they looked a little bit better offensively later on in the game their defense stepped up a couple times with jair alexander but overall it's a mess let's just be right with it the, the green bay is a mess right now um i don't know what the deal is i know you lost Devonte adams but i thought one of these guys christian Watkins, romeo dobbs robert tunyon would step a little bit more they can run the ball super well they really can which is even more confusing that they can't get anything going in the passing game well, what's really weird is they run the ball so well, but they like hate that identity so much. I know. I think their best like, drives last night were like, okay, just a, a pitch to Aaron Jones that would go for like 10 to 11 yards. It was like, and then they would run it on AJ Dillon the next play and get another five, 10 yards. I, I literally don't understand it. And I'm starting to wonder like if all of this Aaron Rodgers stuff of where he's saying like, oh, all these other players need to step up. Like basically, I'm playing well, no one else is. I'm starting to wonder if. This kind of rhetoric is just making it hard in the lot because they should be running the ball. Like, really, they should move their offense to kind of what Cleveland's doing. 
like to that kind of thing where then yeah, they but only really play it's play tough action. to do that. It's tough to do that because they have Aaron Rodgers. I know, but if they really want to win, they kind of need to commit that kind of thing. Because by the far, thing is, is that okay? Define winning though. Winning regular season games, yes, you can do that. You cannot do that to win playoff games. Yeah, but I don't think even if they figured out the passing game, I do not think this team is winning playoff games. I think that they could though. I don't think so. I think the defense at its peak is good enough to play. But this defense isn't as good as advertised either. I mean, that's I the know, thing. which is really disappointing because I thought they were going to be better than this on defense too. I mean, their two draft picks look like disasters. Quay Watkins. Oh, my Quay Lord. Walker. Yeah, Quay Walker. He got ejected last night. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's it's early on. It's eight weeks into their career. It's hard to say what's a disaster and what's not. But I agree. It hasn't gone the Green Bay way that I kind of thought it was going to. I, again, I feel great about it. I said Minnesota was going to win the NFC North, which they are going to. Yeah, they're going and to. I, mean, they're I think Green Bay, I mean, Green Bay's tough because I really do see – Green Bay is like one of those teams that I, I put it right now to the category of like, okay, the Bengals, the Chargers, the Packers. Like, great. if they just get hot, yes, I can see them making damage and making waves from the postseason. The problem is there's so many question marks. I don't know if they can do it. I just don't think they have the weapons on the outside. I just think that that's ultimately what this comes down but you to. you see little sprinkles. Romeo Dobbs had moments. He really did. Yeah, but the thing is, is once he has moments, then he drops a wide open pass the next time. I, I mean, know, but if they, I'm, saying, I'm saying so if they can find consistency in that, then I But the thing is, matter. even if they get Dobbs going, they just don't have anything else going. What are you going to do? Try to get Sammy Watkins all, going? All is, no, you get, you get Christian Watkins going. You get Robert Tunyon going. Again, they don't need... Like a suit, like it would be great if they had a superstar, but when you possess the running game that they have, they can just find two very consistent options. Like the offense looks substantially different. I mean, I tend to agree, but they got to commit to the running game. That's the thing. And they just have shown no willingness to commit to commit to the running game. Again, they, it's, it's just so hard. It's so hard for them to do because they have 12 in the backfield. I know, but at some point you got to realize, hey, that's not our strength right now. I agree. But also I will say like, again, to the point though of like the pass catching, um, I think like Dobbs and Watkins, they win. They have one routes. They're just not catching the ball. They're just not, they're just not making like, the Well, It was like, what, one of the first plays of the season, like Christian Watkins totally beats his corner. I think it was Patrick Peters against Minnesota. 10 yards of separation. He just doesn't look the ball in. Like Romeo Dobbs said that happened last week against Washington. It's like, yeah. they can win. They just, the moment gets too big, I guess. Yeah, so yeah, so we got a comment. Uh, Green Bay needs to sign OBJ or get another receiver. I agree. Uh, tell you, I mean, they should, but, but they're, they're not going, going to because they're cheap. It's not the it's not the Green Bay way. They're not going to. No, Green Bay is the only is the cheapest team in the NFL by yeah. far. Cheapest. Yeah. yeah, they're not going to do anything. Nope. Again, this team believes in draft picks. They believe in controllable rookie contracts, and then they get rid of them. I mean, look at Zendarius Smith. Darius Smith is playing. If Micah Parsons wasn't in the league, he's probably defensive player of the year. Playing and at they, an unbelievable level for Minnesota. And they, divisional rival. And they just cut him clean for like $15 million. Just like, Jesus Christ, what are we doing? I mean, anyway. again, I, I'm, yeah, I don't know about Green Bay. I'm not, I'm not, they don't excite me. I don't think they're going to contend. I mean, I would say the same thing about Tampa right now. I don't feel good about Tampa, but they're probably going to end up winning that division because they have Tom Brady, but I concur. I think once, once we get to the playoffs, I just don't see any of these NFC teams beating the Eagles to be quite honest. 
The only team I think that can is maybe the 49ers. And that's a maybe because of Jimmy G. Dallas could. Dallas might be able to. I'm myself by saying that, but Dallas could. I mean, Dallas's offense with Dak looks like it's running like a well-oiled machine. It looks really good. It looks really efficient. And that's how they need to play. They need a really efficient quarterback. And that's what Cooper Rush was not. And to everyone who said Cooper Rush should start over Dak, you are dumb. Yeah, seriously, Ligma, dude. Absolutely <laughs> Ligma. If you thought the Dak Prescott was... You are dumb. Better than... Like, was not as good as Cooper Rush? Mm, no. No, you're just dumb. I'm sorry. Like, um, give Jordan Love to the Panthers for DJ Moore. They would say absolutely not. They would hang up their phone call immediately. Yeah, I don't know. If Matt Rule was still now, they'd say, oh, sure. I mean, who's going to end up with the first overall pick right now? Uh, first overall pick? Only Pittsburgh? First is it Pittsburgh right now? Well, I was in Carolina a couple weeks ago. But they're looking frisky. Wait, is uh, it Oakland or Vegas? Because <laughs> they're one six, huh? Could you imagine the Raiders ended up with the first overall pick? Do you move on from Carr and take Stroud or Bryce Young? Yes, immediately. How yeah, could I think you, not? you have to. How could you not? I think you have to. Derek Carr, I will say, has gotten more passes than anyone else I've seen in football in a long time. Well, it's because people always said that, like, well, the potential's there, but he hasn't had this or he hasn't had that. But even still, with Raiders fans, everyone's like, oh, Darren Waller's not as good. Darren Repro's not as good. Who's throwing the ball? Like, come on, focus on the issue. Let him go. This is okay. You can cast off the line and snip it. It doesn't have to keep going. Oh, it's not. The Raiders are two and five. So right now, our worst. I don't know who's who would have the tiebreaker out of these, but the Lions are one and six, so they would have the first pick, and then the second pick is the Texans at one five and one. Ah, uh, Texans. The Texans will be first overall. Texans will be first overall. They're gonna be first. Yeah, Texans will be first. They have nothing. I mean, if both of those teams, they should hand in the card immediately for either one, either Stroud or Bryce Young. Bryce Young. I think you go Bryce Young number one, too, but I don't think you feel bad about taking C.J. Stroud at number two. C.J. Stroud's an Ohio State quarterback. I have questions. I mean, of course I have, but Justin Fields has looked better. I agree. He has. I'm just but I, I tweeted this out, and this can be our last comment of the show because I do want to end on this point, and I meant to talk about it, is to me this transition that the Bears are making reminds me a lot of what the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts in the middle of last year. Yeah. So – what they're doing with, for those that haven't really been paying attention to the Bears and didn't pay attention to the Eagles last year, is basically in the beginning of the season, they really wanted to be pass-heavy teams. They wanted to throw the ball a lot. They wanted to stretch out these quarterbacks. They wanted to see what they had in their arms. Quickly realized that these guys could not throw to one side of the field. They quickly realized that they had limitations in the passing game. And so what they decided to do was go to basically run first teams that relied on the quarterback's athleticism and then used play action to make plays, which is what both teams did. Now, the Eagles have expanded Jalen Hurts now, and Jalen Hurts does a lot more than just that. But that's what the Bears are doing, and I think it's the right move to try to get Justin Fields into a run-first quarterback who then is able to win off play action. I think it's a great move. I agree. I think it's a great move. I think in every way, great move. Every way, great move. Yeah, so... Here's to the Vegas Raiders getting Bryce Young in Kansas City this draft. That'll be fun. 
that'll be fun. Goodbye, the Derek Carr era. Uh, we'll see if that actually happens. But this has been From the Backseat. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks for coming in and tuning in. Make sure to follow us on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube if you're watching here. And make sure to like if you haven't already. And thank you, everyone, for being a part of the show. Appreciate it, guys. Bengals fix it. Jesus Christ. What was that?